0: Welcome to Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I'm really glad that you've tuned in with us today. Maison is a Greek word that means greater. Maison Mission is all about creating greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. Just a few things to let you know about before we get into our program today. Um, We are relaunching our house church program this fall on September 11th. If you already lead a group or you'd like to start a house church or small group, we're doing a special groups training in August. Send us a message if you want to sign up. Our next Maison Live is August 7th at 5 p.m., and we're starting a new series called Summer Jams, where we look at popular songs and how they can speak into our lives. Invite a friend. It's going to be a really fun series. Also, at that next live on August 7th, we're also launching our new student ministries for middle school students called Refuge. Refuge will be meeting during live. If you have any questions, let us know. You can reach out to us through a private message, or you can uh, contact our student ministry coordinator, Drake Cromer Moore, by emailing drake at maisonmission.com. All right, let's get into our final week of our series, A Seat at the Table so i mentioned this last week uh in my spare time i've been building this giant skyline diffuser for my recording studio Um, It's basically just this big wooden panel with different sized blocks on it, um, and there's a certain order that these different blocks go on the panel, and it's supposed to make the room sound more accurate for hearing audio. Um, It's been incredibly time-consuming, and honestly, I feel like I'm going to be building this thing for months, if not years, before it's actually done. Um, Skyline Diffuser 2023, right? But I know it will be worth it. I know that the work will pay off. Uh, My friend Matt, who I share the studio space with, he keeps telling me that when this panel is done and it's hanging on the wall, I'm going to get to look at it every day I'm in there and have the satisfaction of being able to say, yep, I made that thing. Um, (laughs) So, But as I've been painting, I've been listening to music. Intentionally, I started listening to black music. I started with Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, a record that uh, honestly many people believe signified a turning point in uh, music history and in culture. What's Going On was a a concept record, so it has all these recurring melodic and lyrical themes throughout the record. Um, It's still a really powerful listen. Um, It was written during the height of the Vietnam War, Marvin Gaye sings about the injustice, hatred, and suffering that he saw going on at the time. Soldiers going off to fight an unwinnable war and coming home to a country that was tearing itself apart. You know, I couldn't help but lean into the Christian overtones in the lyrics. At one moment, at one moment Marvin Gaye proclaims, God is my friend. He made this world for us to live in. And gave us everything, and all he asks of us is we give each other love. Hmm. A profound and timeless reminder. You know, I moved on from Marvin Gaye to Stevie Wonder. Uh, he has a record called "Songs in the Key of Life," which, which honestly, might be one of the most important recordings in history. If you haven't heard it, it's a must listen. So many great songs. Some you've heard, others are deep cuts that quite frankly, cut deep. Um, From classics like Sir Duke and I Wished and Isn't She Lovely to the almost prophetic and spiritual Have a Talk with God and Joy Inside My Tears. This record took me on a journey through the black experience. And after that, I kept going. Janet Jackson, Prince, Lauryn Hill, and more. These songs don't pull any punches. Honestly, at moments, it brings me to tears. The suffering, the pain, the struggle. Singing about the oppression, working through the hardest conditions. I know I'm not alone when I say that that 2020 was a really tough year. You know, most of us think of 2020 and we think about the pandemic, but but really, I remember the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. I remember the protests the marches, the civil unrest. And it seemed like every day I was learning about some new unjust event in our own dark history that I had never heard of before. Black Wall Street, the 1985 bombing of of the MOVE organization in Philly, and so many more things. You know, the reality of systemic racism plagues our country. And with the recent pushback against critical race theory and, and and black lives matter, it can feel like we're moving backwards instead of forward. I want to read this post I found on Facebook. It's written by a guy named Craig Greenfield. And it says this. And it was really powerful. And it really kind of like he said it better than he said it better than I could. Um, you know, growing up in the church, I was taught that. I was only responsible to repent for my sins, not anyone else's. I was taught that I was only responsible for my choices, not my ancestors, and I certainly didn't have to answer for the actions of my government. Those things were completely outside the scope of my concern as an individualistic Western Christian. But then one day I was digging deeper into the story of Daniel the righteous prophet of Israel, who probably never broke a serious rule in his life. And I came across his prayer of repentance. It says this, We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. You know, Daniel was certainly not personally responsible for Israel's waywardness. He didn't chisel wooden idols, eat a bacon sandwich, or run around causing chaos with prostituted women. Daniel was a good guy. He was a missionary serving in a foreign land. He was blameless and righteous. Yet here he was, confessing and repenting for the sins of his people. Not just his currently alive and kicking people, but also his dead and buried people, his ancestors. Now that is one wide-ranging prayer of repentance. So after reading Craig's post, it really convicted me. I feel like I should be the last person on earth talking to you about the black experience. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm literally the whitest person that I know. Um, but maybe the only thing that I can do is to repent. And not just for the things that I've done, but for the things that my people and my country and the generations before me have done. To turn towards those who have been hurt by systems that have benefited me. Man, all I can do is sincerely apologize. You know, repentance starts on our knees. It starts when we submit ourselves to those we've hurt. The thing about those recordings those classic recordings I was listening to in my garage. In every single one of these classic recordings, there's something I just can't get past that floors me over and over again. And it's the part that brings me to tears every time. It's the hope. There is a joy and a hope found in these recordings. After all the hurt and destruction that's been brought against people of color, there's still this overwhelming jubilation. They sing about a healing that hasn't even fully come yet. And I can hear the deliverance in their songs. Oh man, it is so intense at times. And when I listen to music like this, it gives me a glimpse into a grace that I still stare into with wonder and awe. That same grace that Christ showed us. I think it's amazing that God has always been in the songs of the oppressed. Most of the Old Testament is about the people of God being oppressed, taken captive, exiled, enslaved. One theme that you can't get away from in the Bible is God's heart for the oppressed and for the enslaved. God is not down with oppression. There's literally dozens upon dozens of passages that deal specifically with God's heart for justice and the freeing of slaves and the care for the poor, widowed, and alienated from the very beginning, God was making a seat at the table for the oppressed. God was making a seat for the afflicted, the widowed, the captive, and the slave. I want to invite you into a journey where we seek the justice of God for those who are being oppressed. For those we have knowingly and unknowingly oppressed. I want to invite you into true repentance. Hmm. Let's pray together. God, we repent for the sins of those who have gone before us, who have caused so much suffering, pain, and death. We take responsibility for the generational and systemic sins that have oppressed people of color for centuries. God, have mercy on us. Help us to be a church that is truly working as the hands and feet of Jesus, that is mobilizing in mercy, grace, and even justice. Let us be a church of restoration and healing, that we may be a tapestry of diversity. Through your love, we believe we can change the story. We can be peacemakers. We can be the people of justice that you call us to be. Amen.